Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Fantasy Six-Pack Hour. With your hosts, Joe Bob. Ah, you're awful. And AJ Appleton. It's Sinshu Sin Shoe Chew. It's a mouthful. Welcome back to the Fantasy Six Pack Hour. My name is Joe Bond, founder of FantasySixPack.net and writer over at SoCalledFantasyExperts.com. <clears throat> On the line, as always, my co-host, AJ Applegarth, the jerk. What's up, man? What's up, buddy? <laughs> Nothing. I'm just bitter. I'm so mad at myself for not letting you, let, not letting you talk me into starting Donaldson this week after what a month of bad play and all of a sudden you were like oh i'm feeling it and i had no re- no idea why and i was like well, this doesn't make any sense uh okay mm-hmm. and franco was playing colorado this week so i was like nah i'll take the risk and three home runs later in three days i'm looking like an a-hole so anyway that's how my week started how are you doing uh pretty good pretty good it's actually uh down at the O's game last night with uh, a buddy of mine who's a uh, <clears throat> friend from, from back in the day in high school. Um, he uh, he lives over in Vietnam now, and he was back here with a couple of buddies from, from there. Um, and they're doing like a big 11 ballpark tour to, to watch games and everything. So this was their second stop. They were up in Philly for the Braves Phillies game. Monday and then came down here yesterday. So cool. Excuse me. Sorry about that. Trying to trying to find my mute button and it didn't really work. But um, <laughs> so yeah, it was back uh, the microphone. It's okay. Yeah, it was uh, it was a good time though. So good game. Os Os put the beat down on on KC and uh, you know who's who's been pretty hot lately. So it was nice yeah. to see. Definitely, definitely, man. All right, well, <clears throat> got a big show ahead of us, as always. Um, we're doing our wide receiver preview. If you've missed the last two shows, we did quarterbacks and running backs already. So make sure you go back and listen up to those. Um, helping us this week is Dennis Sosick from So-Called Fantasy Experts, and fantasy six pack. He uh he double dips here on, on, on both both sides. So uh two two good sides to be on. Let's bring him on here. What's going on, Dennis? How you doing guys? Thanks for hey, how are you? Yeah, man. Good. Uh yeah, so so what we try and do is you know, you wrote the wide receiver preview article over on Fantasy Six Pack. Uh so I'd like to bring on the guy who wrote it for the site. Um, and 
give a little insight since obviously you've done a lot of research on the position just to write the article. Figure you're a good place to go. Um, <laughs> How about that? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I usually start out with a little draft strategy here. And 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 look, it, it's in years past, you know, we've been doing the zero wide receiver, the zero running back strategy. So receivers have gone really heavy early on. Um, and, and I avoided that strategy for so long until kind of last year, I kind of bought into it. And apparently that was the wrong year to finally buy into it because running backs <laughs> kind, of, kind of ruled the, sh- not ruled the show, but really made a big comeback last year. Um, so, so this year I pretty much mentioned it last week is that, I'm kind of really going the balance route on my wide receivers and my running backs. Now, I'm not going to just go, oh, I took a receiver, so now I'm taking a running back. I took a running back, so now I'm going to take a receiver. You know, I'm going to be pretty balanced as in at the end of the draft, I'm probably going to have six of each or, you know, whatever the number ends up being. And I'm not going to go – most likely, you know, you won't see me going like a long run of where I'm just taking a bunch of receivers. Now, of course, that depends on how the draft falls to me. It could be kind of crazy where things just happen to fall that way, but it's it's kind of unlikely from all the mocks I've done and everything else already. It seems to be fairly unlikely. Now, of course, in PPR, your strategy changes a little bit, and it does kind of lean things toward the wide receivers. I mean, this is another topic for another show, but in my opinion, kind of PPR kind of needs to be on the way out. You know, there was a whole reason for doing PPR. It was back in the day when passing wasn't as prolific as it is now. And it was to get the receivers more even with all the running backs that were doing all the heavy lifting and fantasy, but it's not that way anymore. And PPR is almost skewing it the complete opposite way. Um, so I, I don't know, that's kind of how I feel about it. I'm kind of balanced with it. You know, I, I do kind of want to get one of each in the first couple rounds and then, you know, just kind of judge it from there, really. But what, what's your what's your take on, on your strategy there, Dennis? Uh, uh, depends on where you're, where you're picking at, of course. But, you know, you have to be flexible with your outlook on the draft and I'll let the draft come to you. Um, you know, if it's the first couple of picks, obviously you're taking one of the three stud running backs, and then you know, depending upon when it comes back to you, what do you take? I think you're probably headed toward a receiver, but in PPR, but you know, it depends on where you're drafting at. And in the middle rounds, you're you're looking for uh, your undervalued veterans and upside plays that can put you over the top. So, um, yeah, I let the draft come to me and go from there. Yeah, I kind of follow along that. I mean, again, it, it it definitely depends on where I'm drafting, but I I can't come up with a set. Okay, I'm going to take this player in round one. Okay, I'm going to take this player in round two. I'm going to go this player and or position, you know, round three. It, it, there's just too many variables at this point, and and too many, you know, good players to really try to do that and try to rack your brain over who's you think could be available because every league's different and there's always somebody in every league that you're in that's going to go and like, you know, make a crazy pick way too early uh, and, and take a guy that maybe you were looking at in, in 
fifth or sixth round, but they're looking at them, you know, in the second or third round for some reason. So, um, you know, you try to try to just take it as it comes and, and adjust on the fly, if you will. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, so the, the next thing we do here, Dennis, is we get into some kind of hot topic questions, whatever you want to call it. And we'll start here with a very premier receiver, and that's Mike Evans. And and do you see his value taking a hit or a or what or I guess that's probably obvious it does, but what kind of hit does it take with the addition of Deshaun Jackson? and O.J. Howard there in Tampa Bay? Yeah, I honestly, I don't think it takes uh, that much of a hit. Um, I don't think it hurts them that much. I think it actually will force opponents to uh, stop double-teaming Mike Evans, and I don't think it loses that much value, and I still think he'll get his 1,000 yards, double-digit touchdowns. Um, we'll see it probably a dip in targets, but I think he'll make more of those targets and more of a red zone opportunities there. Yeah, yeah I kind of I mean, see. Oh, God. I was going to say, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, and and that's – you said the dip in targets, and that's one of the things that, you know, a lot of people are kind of looking at is that really drove his value last year a lot was, I mean, a career high 173 targets, and he's very unlikely to match that. And there's something on Roto, Roto World that – we found while we were prepping for this show and it was a quote from who was it? I guess it was just a, a random oh it's the source winning losing and plays I have no idea who that is but they got <laughs> put here on Roto World as the source of this and it was basically that Mike Evans with the top 12 fantasy score in just one of the final eight weeks of last season and he finished outside of the top 44 of those eight weeks. And that, you know, at his ADP, it seems like it's a bit, almost a bit of a reach. And then you consider he's had, he has two much better weapons next to him as compared to last season. And you got to kind of wonder there. So, AJ, I don't know, what were you going to say? Well, yeah, I was going to say, I, I definitely look at, at Deshaun as more of that deep threat, you know, stretch the field. I mean, he's he's not as quick as he used to be, but he can still get down there and, and you know, make some big plays um, when needed. And I, I think that's what they're going to try to do a lot more with him is, is get him going deeper, and then that'll free up Evans hopefully across the middle or, you know, on a short uh, in-and-out route, something like that, uh, just to, to get him – his targets, but yeah, I mean, 173 targets is, is absolutely absurd number of targets. I, I don't see him, you know, getting that many again, unless they just completely abandon the run. Um, but I, I don't think they're, they're looking to do that yet either. So um, I, I like Evans. I've, I've had him, you know, the past few years on various teams and, He's been pretty good, so you know you, you got to like the production. But I, I could see, you know, the the PPR side of it 
coming down a little bit this year because of those other guys being there. And and you can't forget about um the other the other tight end that they had there last year. Uh I can't think of his name right now, I'm blanking on it. But Cameron Brait. Yes, thank you. Cameron, Cameron Brait. Yeah. I mean yeah, he also had sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say he he's like forgotten at this point because they went out and drafted Howard and you know he he was pretty solid for them so you got to keep an eye on him too. Yeah, I don't think they had anyone to throw to besides Evans last year either, and Winston being yeah. so young, I think he was you know just going with the guy that he was going to try to catch the ball so he goes gives pumping it to Evans all game and that's why he got those turns. But I think now with the rival of two more stars or two more opportunities that I think he'll, Evans will get more of quality uh, reception more than just quantity. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, you know, in a couple of mocks, in a couple of mocks I've done, I've taken him in the first round after obviously the, the first three receivers, um, but I, I'm nervous every time I take him. But I, I feel like he deserves it based on what he did last year. But that's probably the wrong thing to do. Uh, you just have to hope that, that he can match that. The next guy I want to talk about here is Amari Cooper. And everybody loves this guy as far as, a ta- as, far as talent. But it hasn't quite shown up yet on the field. Not consistently. And the one place that we're noticing a huge deficiency in his game is in the red zone. And just to throw some stats out there for you, last year he had 17 targets in the red zone. Not a terrible number, but not a good number either. Uh, In fact, he was third on his own team. But he converted zero of those for touchdowns. I mean, we're, we're talking like... Julio Jones territory for that. Like, it's that bad. Um, <laughs> and everybody knows it with Julio Jones. But Julio Jones does it everywhere else, so you don't worry about it. Uh, you would love to get more from Julio in the red zone, but he, you can still get wide receiver one uh, production out of Julio without that. But Cooper is struggling to get this production without that. So, do we see a change in this to for him to return the value at his current ADP? No, I don't uh, think so. Yeah, I don't either. I, I'm, I've yeah, never I been think. a big Cooper fan, personally. I mean, he's he's good, but he he just doesn't return that value of getting touchdowns. And Michael Crabtree being there has even further hurt him with that. Um, I mean, that that's all Crab does is get, you know, 60 yards in a game and, and two touchdowns. So you, you'll take that any day of the week. Yeah, I can't, I can't see taking Cooper as my number one receiver, you know, waiting for him to score a touchdown one of these weeks. I mean, it's, he's, not, he's not done it. I don't think he's going to do it as long as Crabtree's on the other side of him. Yeah, I mean, when you've got guys like Seth Roberts, you know, out out producing you, uh, it's, it's it's not good. Yeah. So hopefully, yes. I mean, 
Yeah, I, I will. I will likely skip him in all of my drafts. Um, you know, unless something crazy happens and he drops to like the fourth round. I just don't see that happening clearly because people are still going yeah. after him in the second round. And I just yeah, will never do it. it. Yeah, so, they're going by his name. Yeah, I mean, look, the guy's got all the talent in the world. I mean, like, it, to me, he really kind of is. And the comparison to Julio with the red zone stuff is kind of weird because he kind of reminds you of Julio Jones when he when he <laughs> actually performs and, like, the way he catches and can run and he's a strong guy on the field, but it just isn't really clicking yet. Um, so it, it's something to see, but he's definitely a risky take, a risky pick there in the second round. <clears throat> Another guy that's, that's kind of risky, but blew up in the second half of last year, Tyreek Hill for Kansas city. Now we all know Macklin is not there anymore. So this is, this is Tyreek Hill's wide receiving core now. But can he really produce as a full-time receiver, you know, coming out of that wide receiver one spot, you know, lined up against the best of the best against the other side? Um, you know, to me, last year he was kind of a gadget guy, and he just had some huge plays, and it was working for him. I mean, he's fast and stuff like that, but is he a true wide receiver one? And, and kind of where are you looking to take him in drafts coming up? Yeah, I don't think I'm going to get Tyreek Hill any of my teams. I mean, he's being overdrafted, and like you said earlier, he's a gadget player. I think there's a major difference between being a team's number one and being treated as by the by the opposing defense like that, and being a part-time player who who signed in a limited role as he did last year. I don't think it's his production is probably that's going to be his thing last year, and I don't think it's going to get any better than that. I think it's going to be reduced and people are going to be keen on him this year. Yeah, I think um I think he'll he'll be interesting to watch, but I think that a lot of people are going to just jump on board for him a lot earlier than I that I would plan to. Um I mean, he's got the talent, but all he's really shown is is all of these other little niche things to do. I mean, he does everything, but it was in such a, a limited role last year that, you know, if he's going to be the main guy, he's going to have to be, in my mind, more focused as a receiver. I don't know if they're going to want him to be doing all of the punt returning, if they're going to want him to do, you know, some of these crazy running plays that, that he was doing before. I think, you know, he'll still get some opportunities, Um you know, and, and if the game is on the line and, and that's what they need to do, he's going to be the guy to go to. But I think that, that Reed's going to have to make the decision to, to ease him out of some of those other tasks uh, and, and gadgets to focus more on being the receiver. Yeah, well, Andy Reed has already said he's not going to be the kick returner. And he might still return some punts. I'm I'm agreeing with you that he's going to see a lot less of those. Like, you don't usually see your number one receiver punt returning on a regular basis. Like, Pittsburgh, you know, every once in a while you'll see Antonio Brown back there and stuff like that. But you don't typically see the number one guy returning punts every single time because it's just 
it's just a recipe for disaster. It's eventually going to lead to a pretty major injury, and you don't want that. Um, yeah, I, I, I will not be drafting him either. His ADP right now across all the sites, according to Fantasy Pros, is 47 overall, 22nd receiver. I just I won't be doing it. I mean, I've got him ranked in the in the mid 30s. I've got him ranked behind a lot of other guys that I think can be a little more reliable and consistent. And I you know I know Tyree's going to have those gigantic games and people are going to go, oh, I told you so. And but. And you watch, you know, it'll happen like week one. Everybody's going to like yell at me on Twitter about it. But eventually it'll catch up to him. He's just, I just don't think he's a wide receiver one. I just really don't. So I think we're all in agreement there. <clears throat> Another guy that's taken over for a vacated wide receiver one spot is going to be Michael Thomas in New Orleans. Uh, Brandon Cooks is off to New England now. Michael Thomas's ADP is sky high. He's going in round one in some drafts. Definitely not past the middle of round two in any mock I've ever done. Um, Dennis, do you think his ADP or his, he can return his ADP value? Yeah, I think so. I think he has one of the highest floors among receivers uh, being drafted in the first two rounds. Um, every Saints target leader uh, finished inside the top 20 of the Drew Brees era. So with Brandon Cooks' 120 targets gone, uh, I think Michael Thomas will be the main guy there. I mean, Snead will be there to get some. Fleener will uh, make it some, I don't know, with him, uh, his status. But I think uh, Thomas will be the main guy there, and uh, he gets the Renzo targets. Uh, he gets uh, many targets as uh, possible within the twenty yard line, so I think he's he's a man there. Yeah, I uh, I think he's definitely worth his ADP and worth getting in late first round uh, or definitely second round if you if you end up with the running back. Um, he he was such a great return last year, and and that was with Cooks there. Um, I, I feel like he even had a handful of better games than Cooks did. So, um, you know, I think Breeze is going to be looking to him early and often, and he's going to get it. I mean, that, that that's a pass first offense, and you know their their running back situation with Peterson and still having Ingram. Uh, and then the, you know, the rookie coming in as well, Kamara, I believe it is. So, you know, you don't really know what you're getting there, but one thing is for certain, you know, you're going to have Drew Brees throwing a ton of balls. And I think a lot of them are going to come Thomas's way. Yeah. I, I like Thomas a lot. I, you know, I, I do worry a little bit about the fact that, Drew Brees and the Saints just like to spread that ball around a lot, and it, it never really seems to matter who they've got. The number one guy never ends up being a true wide receiver one in fantasy. So I don't think I will take him where he's going just because of that. 
but I do think he's going to have some pretty monster games. And, but I, I'm, I'm a little leery of taking him in the wide receiver one spot. Um, but I'm, I'm not going to knock you if you do it. Just, you know, hopefully you've got some really, really solid other receivers to back him up. Cause I think you're going to need, you know, a really strong wide receiver two to make up for his lack of wide receiver one many weeks. Um, so moving on here, we've got a lot of receivers that changed teams. And, you know, we're calling this bros in different area codes. Um, yeah, we're, we're really corny. But, uh, you know, that's, that's, what we, that's what we like here. Uh, so we already mentioned Deshaun Jackson, the Tampa Bay. Just a couple, you know, a quick note on him. Like, what what do you think his role and his impact in fantasy is going to be there, uh, Dennis? Um, he's he's going to lessen the coverage for Evans, uh, open up the offense, but he's uh, going to be a boomer bust player. Um, you know, a lot of the weeks that he goes off for two touchdowns, and other weeks he'll give you a three for thirty. Um, you're going to get that every season from Jackson. Yeah, pretty much agree there. I don't think there's much else to say with him, Hydra. Huh, <laughs> no, not that's, really. That's like I said, I mean, he's already he's already kind of lost a step here and there. I mean, he's still a deep threat, but you know, I, I just don't I, I don't see him being super fantasy relevant. Uh, I mean, it depends on what what Evans does. If if he's still going to be the main go to. Like we just kind of talked about, he he may not be as much, and he'll be getting more quality than that, you know, lesser quality that he was getting last year is probably getting shifted to Deshaun. <laughs> so, yeah, it's possible. It's definitely possible. Winston is a little uh, unreliable in my opinion, and we talked about that in the quarterback show. Yeah, we also talked about Brandon Cooks moving over to New England. Yeah, he gets Tom Brady. He moves from Drew Brees to Tom Brady. Like that's rough. I, I feel yeah. I mean, exactly. That's Man, rough. my <laughs> life sucks. God. Um, but you know what? Uh, what do you? What are we thinking about Cooks here? I mean, the, my first initial thought was, oh hell yeah! Like now he's going to go and be like the main guy in New England because they really haven't had one. The last time they had like a true main receiver you're thinking Randy Moss now I'm not I'm not thinking we're getting Randy Moss numbers that's insane but you know you're thinking he's easily going to be the number one receiver there but I don't know I have a little hesitation with it and Dennis I'd be curious to hear what your thoughts are about him yeah I think he's another one that's going to be a a boomer bust player weekly um you know his role going to be inconsistent based on, you know, the Patriots' uh, master game plans for every week. So, I mean, he's going to be the same thing as, I think, in a way, Jackson with, I'm obviously a little bit more quality, but he's going to have, you know, weeks that he goes off and weeks that uh, you'll be pissed that you played him. So, um, you know, with Brady, you know, spraying the ball around, I don't I don't think he's going to be a go-to guy there at all. So, I think it's just uh Whoever, whatever their game plan is, who's going to get the ball and um, they'll get the W and move on. Yeah, I feel like he's he's going to have some good games, and I think he's still going to get, you know, maybe maybe four to five.
catches per game, you know, almost every week. I, I, I think that that's feasible, but you're going to have Edelman still there. You're going to have uh, hopefully a healthy Gronkowski. Uh, you're going to have, you know, 17 running backs that are all going to be getting <laughs> 54 targets a game. So um, it, it's going to be, it, there's a lot of mouths to feed in new England. And that's why they're, they're, that's why they're such a good team because they have so much talent anywhere you look uh, offensively, but, from a fantasy standpoint, it, it's it's very frustrating to own their players unless you have Tom Brady because he's the one dictating all of these these passes. Um, but I, I do feel like Cooks was a little uh, I don't want to say erratic last year, but he he definitely had some games that were just absolute stinkers. And you know you're looking at him as your number one guy. You know, you need to – you want to be able to rely on, on your first pick. Um, so – or first receiving pick, potentially, if that's where you're going. So, I, I don't know. I, I mean, it, it'll it be interesting to see. Yeah, and that's – you guys pointed out all the hesitations I have with, with taking him where he's going right now in drafts. And early on, I did, I did a draft, mock draft really early on and was like – I took him at the end of the second round. I think I had like the second pick, so it was like the very end of the second round. And I was so happy. And then later on, I started thinking about it more, and all your all's points started running through my head. <clears throat> Excuse me. So we've got – a bunch of stuff all tied to Washington here. You know, we, we've got Terrell Pryor, Pierre Garçon, and we already mentioned Deshaun Jackson. But, you know, Garçon's going to San Francisco. He came from Washington. And Pryor is coming from Cleveland going to Washington. What do we think about these guys? You know, Garçon's coming off of a, a, a kind of a bounce-back year from the, the couple years before that. Pryor had a, a really big season last year, you know, kind of first year as a receiver. Uh, are we expecting more of the same from these guys? Good, better, worse? What, you know, what are we thinking? Uh, I mean, I'm kind of thinking that Garcon definitely takes a hit because of his situation changing for for the worse, I think. I mean, San Fran – has a lot of work to do. Um, you know, you still don't even know which quarterback is going to be throwing to him. Um, but he, he did have a really good year last year and, and he was very reliable, um, guy to own, especially in DFS too. I mean, he had some great DFS games. Um, so I, I think that he's going to be looked at as their number one there. And, you know, that pressure could mount. He's going to see, obviously, the best corners, uh, you know, of opposing defenses. So I think his stock definitely takes a little bit of a hit. Um, I do like Pryor. Uh, I think he's coming into, you know, a better situation than he was in. And he, he had how many different quarterbacks thrown to him last year, and he was still successful with every one of them. So I think now that he's got, um, you know, captain you like that throwing the ball to him and he should be I I think they're probably looking at Crowder as their number one uh, 
um, because he's been there. He's been in the offense. He knows the, the schemes and everything. But prior coming in makes for a really good number two. And I think he could fill in exactly where Pierre Garçon was last year, if not be better. Yeah, Dennis, what are you what are you thinking about these guys? Um, well, I think Gerson is uh, you know, he's a PPR monster. I mean, he's never scored uh, more than six touchdowns in a year. So, um, and then that offense where you know Hoyer is uh, average at best. Um, I don't think he's going to be doing much more than catching much of short passes every every game. So, I mean, he's probably a good third receiver to have. In PPR leagues and standard, I mean, he's not even in in the ballpark uh, where I would draft him at. Um, prior, uh, he played for my lowly Browns. Um, he was a, he had a great year last year. I think he's having another great year this year. Uh, there's a lot of targets there are gone now from Washington with Deshaun gone and Garston gone. So I think Cousins is going to have a field day with uh, Pryor and Crowder, uh, Dick and Duncan all over the field. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic with with Pryor here. I am a Redskins fan, so I have to be cautious with everything that we do because we stink. Uh, but you're looking at a Browns fan. So. I was gonna say maybe not. <laughs> so you gotta know how I'm feeling, but yeah, uh, that might be the one other franchise that I'm happy we're not. Um, <laughs> Good point. Yeah, but I don't know. The talent is there, man. Like you know, the the physicality, the just the all around football players there. I I just a year of tape on him. You kind of are going to figure out his little moves and his tendencies and things like that. But yeah, I mean, look, the opportunity is going to be there, but I probably will not be taking him where he's drafted, where he's drafted. I I just like the other guys behind him uh, a little bit more, but the, the upside is definitely there. Uh, As far as Garcon, you guys are right. I mean, PPR is pretty much the only place I'm taking him and I'm not expecting much, but you know, hopefully just a bunch of catches every week in PPR leagues, just to kind of keep his value up couple guys to finish it off here with. We got Alshon, Jeffrey to Philly, AJ's team, and then Eric Decker, a late signing after he was cut from the Jets, signed to Tennessee, where they have a lot of weapons, it seems like now. Uh, AJ, go ahead and start us off with some Alshon talk. Well, I love this pick, obviously. You know, not just because – I'm a Philly fan, but I, I think Alshon is a true number one guy, a number one talent, and they really haven't had that in Philly for a long time now. Um, so, I, I mean, Jordan Matthews is good, don't get me wrong, but I think he's definitely a better suited as a number two uh, or even, a, you know, a, a nice option in the slot, which he may end up doing this year because they also – got Torrey Smith. He's another one we didn't throw on this list, but he yeah, comes from sure. San Fran to, to uh, Philly. Um, you know, I, I think Wentz is going to be a little more comfortable this year, you know, after having a, a full year under his belt now uh, and, and still learning the offense. You know, Alshon's got to come in and learn the new offense, obviously. So 
there's probably going to be some hiccups here and there, but as long as he can stay healthy, I think he's going to be a big force for this team. And, you know, he's going to give them that physical number one guy uh, that, that they need. So it'll be interesting to see. They, you know, they went out and they got a couple good weapons. You know, Torrey is more of a Deshaun Jackson type guy where he can stretch the field and, uh, you know, and kind of, bring defenses away from the line, but uh, it, I, I don't look at him as, you know, he, he's not great. He's been, he's been very good in Baltimore. And then he had a really down year and, and was injured a bunch last year. So I think this will be a nice bounce back year for him, but Alshon's the main, he's going to be the main guy between him and Ertz. There, there's going to be a ton of targets between those two. Yeah, I, I'm. You mentioned the the key thing there with Alshon, and that's the injuries. And I'll ask you, you answer, and then Dennis, you answer, and give your little tidbit on on Jeffrey there. His current ADP is 32 overall, so we're talking third round. Are you taking Jeffrey, knowing his injury history, in the third round? Um, I I would. If I already had, you know, a, a lockdown receiver and running back, um, I, I, I'd probably be looking more for him in the fourth personally, but I'm not against taking him in the third. He's already got some shoulder issues right now, though, too. So <laughs> hopefully you got you to gotta see how that, that comes out. I don't but think I even know. noticed that yet. That's crazy. Yeah. I just uh, saw that agenda up. I, I think he he fell awkwardly, you know, catching a ball or something. So it's already too hard. <laughs> he's hurt. Like, it's, can't, I, I don't know. I can't do it with this guy where he's getting dropped still. Dude, I get it. The talent's there, but uh, I've owned him a couple times and it just just crushes you. Alright, Dennis. What do, you, what do you think about Jeffrey? You taking him at his ADP? Uh, no, it's, I think like you said, I'd be too concerned with his injury history. Um, you know, as AJ said, he's already hurt. He's not going to play in the first preseason game. In the third round, I would be very uh, leery of taking him that early. I mean, he's going to be in line for plenty of targets there in Philly. And, you know, he's going to want to prove himself there. So um, he's proven himself to be hurt all the time. That's all he's proven right now to me. But we'll see what uh <laughs> <laughs> what happens? Yeah. Uh, what happens uh, during the regular season if he can prove to give himself a big contract after this year? But I would not at that not at third round. I wouldn't take him. All right. So the last guy here that we sit and I mentioned him, Eric Decker to Tennessee. There's a lot of weapons there. I mean, is Decker gonna be a guy? I mean, he was good in, in New York two years ago. Uh, with Fitzpatrick having a good a good season, you know, are we seeing are we expecting more of that, or or we gonna see a pretty sharp decline? I think it's it's tough to say because of everyone else that's there. But I mean, you look at at Tajay Sharp, uh, you know, you got Richard Matthews still. Um, there's a lot of receiving targets Corey there. Davis. They have Corey Davis, who we're going to talk about, um, you know, and you got Delaney Walker. So 
this isn't I, I don't look at Tennessee necessarily as a pass first team, even though they have all these receiving weapons, because they have Murray and Henry in the backfield and you know, they're nothing to sneeze at like we talked about last week. So Right. I think Tennessee could have a very good offense this year if everything meshes well. And and Decker is going to be a nice complement to that offense. Um, But I I do see a a dip in some targets um, and and production compared to what what he's done with both New York and, and with Denver as well. Yeah, Dennis, do you do you agree with that or? Yeah, I yeah I agree. I mean, they the Titans have an excellent running game, and they're going even though they got a lot of talent, Mariota's uh, you know ascending to uh, be a good quarterback. I think he with all those targets there, I don't see uh, Decker you know doing. I think he'll probably do like forty receptions, maybe five to seven touchdowns if that, and that's probably a ceiling right now for this season. Yeah, I tend to agree with you guys. Um, you know, his, his ADP right now is ninety third, so it's pretty it's pretty late. But I think there's some guys around that range that I just feel like have a little more upside. And I know it's not all about upside with your picks, but I mean, I mean, look, you can do you can do far worse than Decker, but there's some guys around him that I think can have much better seasons. So probably will be passing on, on Decker a little bit in in most of my leagues. <clears throat> so we've mentioned a few of the rookies here, and, you know, there's there's quite a few of them. Not as many that seem to be as exciting as the running backs. You know, the, the rookie running backs here are really kind of making a lot of noise this season, and that's because you got guys like Zeke who have blown up, you know, the, you know, the last couple of years and stuff like that. So, the receivers tend to struggle for the most part when they come in as rookies, but, you know, we've got some big names that were drafted fairly early, and we mentioned him just a second ago, Corey Davis in Tennessee. What are we expecting out of Corey Davis? Um, Dennis, I know you wrote about him a little bit, so what's your take on him? Yeah, I think he's going to you know, go into being a true number one receiver. But in that conservative offense in Tennessee, you know, we talked about with Decker, you know, they're more of a run first. So I think he, you know, Davis lands in a good spot to be, to become a number one receiver. But I don't think he's at best a number three this year um, in fantasy. And I, I don't think, you know, being with the ADPs that, I don't think I'm going to take him that anything more than that. Yeah, I, I'm. I, I like Davis. I like his upside a lot, but again, with with all the different weapons that they have there, I probably won't end up getting him in any of my leagues um, because people are just going to jump on him earlier than I'd be willing to. Yeah, I'm actually kind of surprised. I'm looking at the ADP now, and and, and they're not all in on fantasy pros. The only ones we've got are NFL fan tracks and uh, the FFC, which is the Fantasy Football Championship. So Yahoo, CBS. And did they remove ESPN from this, which is pretty hilarious, actually? Um, <laughs> uh, I swear ESPN was on this like a little bit ago, but maybe not. Um, he's actually below Decker, which it might be to make sense, but 
I swear for a while there, like Davis was getting drafted real early. Uh, talking like seventh, eighth round early. And that's early for me, for him. But he's now dropping, you know, into that 10th round range. So that's not terrible. Um, you're kind of looking at eh, not fantastic names in that range. So I don't know. I might take the plunge on him if if he can drop a couple more spots than that for me. Um, the next rookie, John Ross in Cincinnati. Yeah, this one, this one's kind of peculiar. I was pretty surprised that they took John Ross, to be honest with you. You know, obviously they've got A.J. Green. But, you know, they took the guy last year, and for some reason I'm blanking on his name. But they took the receiver last year, and they're kind of the same player. <laughs> they're both just kind of speed guys, it felt like. Uh, Brandon LaFell was, was decent, especially when A.J. Green was missing time. Um and so, like, you know, they, they took John Ross, and I'm just not really sure where the fit is. Do do any of you think that he's got much of a, a chance to do much of anything this season? <laughs> Dennis, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think he does. I think he's another, uh, you know, boomer bust receiver. Um, you know, I don't think he's going to cover enough targets for himself in that and then offense with A.J. Green, and hopefully if Eifert can stay healthy, um, you know, he's going to take away a lot of targets as well. Um, I think the best thing he'll probably do for the Bengals would be returning kicks, and I don't think I'd be drafting him at all this year. Yeah, I, I'm not really interested in, in Ross. Uh, Boyd was the guy that you were thinking of. Um, yeah, but, yeah, you. I mean, they they still have him. They They've got LaFell. Um, who can step up and be a decent, you know, wide out. But I just think that that offense is just going to be, you know, trying to trying to force the run a little bit more. And then um, they're, they're just going to still be forcing the ball straight to A.J. Green. So I'm not looking for much out of Ross this year. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with you guys. No, Nothing much else to say there. The last guy that, you know, was getting a lot of press early on, it felt like, was, was Curtis Samuel, Carolina. I think it's kind of died off, honestly. I mean, he it's all, it's all about Christian McCaffrey now. I mean, when you open up Twitter, it's Christian McCaffrey, Christian McCaffrey, Christian McCaffrey. Uh, and – that pretty much means there's absolutely no way I'm getting Christian McCaffrey on any of my teams because he's going to go in the second round in some of my, one of my drafts and all of my drafts probably, and there's just no chance. But Curtis Samuel, I mean, I guess he's a receiver. He's being listed as one. He's kind of going to play the same role as Christian McCaffrey is what everybody kind of thinks, but I don't know. I mean, is is that – is is he going to be worth much of anything in fantasy? I'm kind of feeling no here, but I think some people disagree with me. I think he's going to be kind of like Tyreek Hill light. Um, and, and he's just going to be used in all these different gimmicky uh, plays and, and um, you know, setups that, that Carolina is going to run and they still have McCaffrey too. So it's kind of going to be, you know, a, a who's who of 
who's going to get the ball this time sort of deal. I mean, it's going to keep defenses, you know, on their heels, I think from, from an NFL standpoint, but I don't really see that panning out to be much of a fantasy standpoint. Yeah, Dennis, you feeling yeah, I... anything with Samuel here? No, not at all. I think he's more of, just like AJ says, he's like a Tyree Kill, uh, Percy Harvin wannabe. Um, yeah, he's no more than a fill-in, you know, if you ever want to. Carolina's playing a horrible team or something, you throw him in there in a, in a flex. To, like, hope you get lucky with a, a boom play. But otherwise, I don't see no reason to have Samuel on my roster. Yeah. So this next group of guys, that Mike Williams probably would have been over with Davis and Ross, but obviously we know the issues he's having with his back. Uh, I don't think anybody in their right mind is drafting him right now. But you know the the next two, you got Zay Jones and Juju Smith-Schuster of Pittsburgh. Um, you know, these are kind of the only other rookies that are really getting looked at in a, in a lot of drafts. Um, which one of these two, Dennis, do you like the most and why? Um, actually, I like uh, uh, Jones better. I think with, uh, with Watkins, you know, being hurt, um, seems like every other game, I think you know, Jones could be the go-to guy there. And he would be a great uh, person to have in PPR leagues, even though that offense isn't is not pass friendly. But I think he'd be the go-to guy there once uh, Watkins gets hurt. No, I didn't say if; I said once. Um, so I think he's uh, I think he's worth the uh, you know, worth the look at. Nice sleeper pick to have, um, you know, hiding under a bench there. Yeah, I, I like. I like Jones better for sure. Um, you know, he's a definite speedster. Uh, he, he's going to be a go-to target for them, I feel like, and, and he's going to have some fantasy relevance this year. Um, the Schuster, uh, Smith Schuster, I, I think he he's just got too much in front of him. Um, I mean, you're getting Martavis Bryant back. Um, oh, for how many for how many games we don't know yet. Um, depends on how much weed he decides to smoke beforehand. Well, um, if, and honestly, the commissioner's office needs to actually reinstate him. Oh yeah, he officially he, he reinstated him yet? Officially put back in now, but which is crazy. So, but but even without Bryant there, I mean, you still have. Uh, what's his name, Eli Rogers, who they drafted last year. And, and he was and okay. Yeah. He, he wasn't, he wasn't a big factor. Um, you know, I, I just think that, that they're going to be looking for, you know, the three B's to be doing everything Brown bell and, and big Ben. So yeah. I, don't, I don't see much out of him. Yeah, I, I agree, and, and I feel like everybody every year since Martavis Bryant kind of blew up um, is always looking for that that third guy, that third receiver from Pittsburgh that's just going to come out of nowhere and be like the next thing. We tried it with Coates. didn't work. <laughs> now everybody's trying it with him. I don't think it's going to work either. I feel like there was another guy that everybody was like, 
really excited about in Pittsburgh and it just it just never happens. So I'm not I'm not feeling it. Zay Jones, yeah, he's the guy there that I would take. But it'd be very late in drafts, you know. I just can't I, I I don't like relying on rookie receivers anyway, but then you know, one in a an offense that doesn't pass a lot. I don't want to don't want to deal with it. There's a couple guys though that were rookies last year, and we're calling them pseudo rookies now. Josh Doxson and Laquan Treadwell. Treadwell, Dennis, do you are you at all trying to target them in in drafts for this season? Um, I'd say trouble. I say no. I would. I don't want any part of him at all. Um, I'm not interested in him, especially with that offense that he's in. Uh, Doxson. I think he's a huge sleeper candidate. I mean, if he if he is actually recovered from the Achilles injury last year, I think he'll fit right in, right behind with uh, Crowder and Pryor, and make that offense uh, even more potent um, with Cousins, you know, dump, dropping the ball everywhere. Yeah, I'm I'm staying away from Treadwell as well. Um, I just don't I don't see any any good coming from having him on my team unless I have everybody else on a bye week for some reason. But um, I, I do like Doxon's upside. I, I think he could, he could come through and, and, you know, be a big part of that offense as well. Uh, you know, like we've already talked about, they lost, you know, a decent amount of firepower between Deshaun and, and Garcon. So um, we'll see what happens with him. And, and, you know, you know, Reed is going to be an injury hazard so um I, I think Doxon could fill in pretty well as a as a nice third target in those games that uh that reads out. He might be out early already. He's already dealing with like a toe injury or something <laughs> like that. So already it begins with Jordan Reed. <clears throat> yeah, I, I agree though. Doxon's Doxon's intriguing. I mean everybody was really excited about this kid last year and you know he got injured a bunch you know, didn't play, but what the one game he came in on a few snaps or something like that. I, look, I think this guy is going to be a monster eventually. He's just got to figure it out and clearly stay healthy. But you know, late in drafts, I'll I'll take a flyer on him. Why not? So Dennis, next thing we got here is our reaches and steals. So give me one player that you think owners are reaching on right now in, in drafts? Um, well, I probably can take the easy way out on this one, but I'm going to say T.Y. Hilton. I think be with Luck's uh, injury and his uncertainty of what he's going to what's gonna happen with them this season, uh, I wouldn't touch Hilton um, at all, especially being he's being drafted in the top ten receivers. Uh, I wouldn't even get, I wouldn't even think about it. Yeah, that's a good yeah. one. I was actually looking at T.Y. myself, but I, I kind of went a little bit lower, and, and I don't know if people are, are necessarily reaching on this guy, but I'm going with Sammy Watkins. Uh, I mean, I still feel like he's got a good, um, you know, a good following, so to speak, and people yeah. are still really in love with this guy, and, and he just he's hasn't still a third performed. Uh, yeah, no, I, I'm, I not, I'm not taking him. <laughs> Not taking him before the sixth round. Um, 
I, I mean, he's talented. I, I cannot dispute his talent, but he needs to stay on the field, and he hasn't shown that he can do that. So he's my reach. Yeah, my reach is Julian Edelman. And, um, look, I mean, the, the ADP isn't crazy, but it, it's, it's still 56 for a guy who – and that's standard. So you're still having to take him in, in what's that? Is that the fifth round? For a guy who really is only good in PPR leagues, <laughs> let's be perfectly honest about this, uh, and a guy who is now not going to be the, the number one wide receiver most weeks in New England. Um, I just I want no part of Julian Edelman this year, not to mention he's had trouble staying on the field himself lately. So I, I don't I don't want any part of him. I mean he's going before guys like Tate, Emmanuel Sanders, Crowder, Larry Fitzgerald. Like, give me those guys all day, every day before Julian Edelman. Everybody who wants to reach on Julian Edelman because you know his, you know who he is because he plays for the Patriots, um, go right ahead. <laughs> so all right, guys, so that's our reach. Give me the guy that you think could be a steal in drafts this year. All right. My steal is uh, Mike Wallace of the Ravens. I think he's, uh, he's being taken as a 53rd uh, wide receiver. Uh, he was Ravens' top receiver last year. He had over 1,000 yards. Uh, Ravens lost three of their team's top four receivers from last season. And I think he'll uh, – He's going to be at a target hound. He still can get deep, and I think it's a steal at that at that price of the draft. Yeah, that's a fantastic yeah. one. That's a fantastic one. Yeah, I was I was leaning towards him as well. So we're obviously on the same wavelength here. But I I I had to go with uh, kind of a forgotten soul in in Randall Cobb. Um, I mean, he he had some injury woes last year, but. He's still on a very powerful, again, throw-first offense with Rodgers. And Devontae uh, Adams did have a nice breakout year finally last year, but I still don't see him as as the number two guy above Cobb, if if Cobb is healthy. Um, I mean, Cobb's shown that he's still productive when he is healthy, so I think that people are going to be jumping on board with with Adams, you know, really early, um, but I I still think he's a number two. That's uh, I agree that he's a little bit of a steal where he is, but I'm not sure I agree with you on the whole number two thing still. But uh, yeah, that said, um, my steal and and I've got a couple here. I'm gonna give a bonus one at the end. My original steal is Adam Thielen. Um, I think this guy just proved himself last year that he's legit. I mean, even when Diggs came back from the injury and Diggs was playing, you know, relatively well, Thielen was the better receiver down the stretch for them. And I just his ADP is ridiculously low. It's 122. I mean, you can basically get him before like the rounds right before you take your defense and your kickers. I mean, like, that's what we're looking at here. Um, so 
you know, it's it's almost right there with Mike Wallace. I mean, Mike Wallace is even lower. Like I'm, I was looking at the list, and for some reason, his name didn't pop out to me, uh, or else I think I would have picked it. But you know, Adam Thielen's, you know, like six receivers in front of him. I mean, it's that's crazy to think. And then my bonus pick here, and I couldn't believe how low he was, is Robert Woods for the Rams. 237. I mean, that's undrafted. I mean, that's undrafted. Um, He's going to be the number one receiver in L.A. And yes, I know, it's L.A. It's the Rams. They're not very good. But they still have to throw the ball. Somebody still has to catch the ball. Um, It's going to be Robert Woods. I mean, Robert Woods was fairly good, good, you know, at times last year. And the year before, um, I'm not taking him before like the last round or the next to last round, but I think you could find a pretty valuable player and a pretty useful player that late with him. And, and you don't want to forget about it. Um, <clears throat> so that's, that's what I've got there for reaches and steals. Um, and and we're we're done with the wide receiver preview there, uh, Dennis. So I'll let you um, kind of say your last two cents here, and, and let everybody know where they can find you on the internet and things like that. Uh, well, thanks again for inviting me. Um, you know, as an inside joke, I still don't have a Twitter account, so um, you can follow. <laughs> <It's just like laughs> you just going to mad now. <laughs> <laughs> So you could uh, see uh, articles on socalledexperts.com and fantasysixpack.com. And uh, thanks again for having me, and uh, good luck with your drafts, guys. All right. Thanks, Dennis. Glad to have you on. Thank you for coming on. All right. Take care. Have a good night. All right, yeah, so that's the – that's the wide receiver preview. AJ, I don't know. Do you wanna do you wanna take a few minutes and run through a few of these like bigger trades in baseball? I mean, I know we, you know, if big yeah, trade, we, dead, trade deadline. I feel like we owe it to our listeners to do a little bit of baseball with all this. Yeah, I think so. Um, I, so I, I just put down a couple of different things here when I was writing this up today. Basically, we're looking at you know the the biggest deals that we saw were really, you know, the really what the Yankees did. I mean, they they went pretty all in on everything, um, getting uh, my my boy Todd the Bod Frazier, your boyfriend, and, and yes, exactly, <laughs> and uh, and a couple relievers. Uh, they they bring in David Robinson back into the fold, and uh, I think T- Tommy Canale is his name. Um, he actually pitched earlier tonight for for Yankees, um, but then they also went out and they got Sonny Gray, who was arguably the best pitcher on on the trading block due to his team control um, and, and and the fact that he's just been pitching like the Sonny Gray of old um, his last you know five five six games or so. Uh, and then they went out and and picked up Jamie Garcia, um, or Jaime Garcia, however he pronounces it, who was just traded a week ago 
to from the Braves to Minnesota. He went and played, uh, pitched one game for Minnesota and had a good outing. And then <laughs> the following week, he's a, he's back up in New York now. So, um, you know, they they really went got some pieces to make their their playoff run here. Um, and then a couple other bigger names, obviously you Darvish. Uh, after his horrendous, horrendous outing, final outing for Texas, um, uh, which I just read that it sounded like he was tipping some pitches in that game, and that's why he yeah. got so abused. Um, Who knows? But I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm buy into that or not. Um, so. Either way, that that was a, a big pickup for the Dodgers, who obviously lost Kershaw um, to the DL. Uh, so they they, I, I guess they're going to go with a six man rotation right now, or or they're just going to throw somebody else on the DL in another week, um, like they've been doing all season. So who the hell knows? Um, another big bat. J.D. Martinez has been awesome for Arizona. I mean, he's been awesome this year. Uh, I kind of am, am, am a little rethinking that, that trade that I made for, for Gary Sanchez, uh, giving, up, giving up Martinez. I mean, he was out, obviously, to start the season, but then Sanchez missed time as, as karma. So um, he's just been absolutely raking since he's been to Arizona, though, and that, that was a – pre-trade deadline trade, obviously. Um, Jonathan Lucroy going from uh, Texas to Colorado. Uh, again, another another Texas player being unloaded. So I think the Rangers are really looking at, okay, we're, we're too far out of it. You know, we're, we're waving the white flag and we're, we're looking to the future at this point. Um, Lucroy's had a pretty down season. Um, Maybe the the boost in in Colorado will help him, and and going back to the NL will help him. Um, so he's someone to keep an eye on. And then uh, the um, the other offensive name, not not a big name, but Melky Cabrera uh, got shifted over in the division from the White Sox to Kansas City. I uh, actually got to see him play last night as well. Our seats were right in right field there. So that was fun. Um, you got anything to add offensive? Yeah, I there? mean, I mean, I know it wasn't all offense because you talked about you Darvish. Well, yeah. Um, and you talked about Jaime Garcia and Sonny Gray and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I mean, absolutely. The Yankees do they, I think they won the trade deadline. I know a lot of people are looking to that, you Darvish trade and and thinking like oh my god when when Kershaw comes back that team's gonna be unstoppable dude I don't know Darvish has really struggled this year and it's not just because of that last start where he allowed like 10 runs he's yeah not been the same you Darvish I mean his ERA is way up his strikes strikeouts per nine is almost like it's one and a half to two below last year it's He's not the same you Darvish, so you've got to wonder. I mean, yeah, he gets a boost because he goes to the National League, and that's just what happens. But, I mean, who knows? Maybe he gets stuck pitching in Colorado or Arizona in the playoffs because they're going to be one of the – they're probably going to be the – at least one of them is going to be one of the wild card teams, I would imagine. So, because the, 
those two teams are still playing very well. Um, Martinez to Arizona was crazy. Like I was actually kind of shocked that that happened. I, I don't even remember who they gave up to get Martinez, but it didn't feel like a lot. Um, Lucroix to Colorado. Yeah, I can't remember either. Yeah, Lucroix to Colorado. I don't know, man. Like <laughs> I'm so mad at myself for taking a catcher early, but I thought I had like a a stud with Lucroix in our league. I was like, whatever. I just wanted to worry about this position all year long, and man, was I wrong. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's been a He's been awful. I finally just dumped him. I didn't even care. Um, and nobody has picked him up, even though he's moved to Colorado, because nobody cares. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sneaky play, man, though, but Melky, Melky's a sneaky pickup by Kansas City. Like, I saw it and was like, really? It's Melky. Like, who cares? And then I started looking like, you know, they're dealing with not a lot of good stuff in the outfield after Kane. And so they – they really could use some help there and some stability in the outfield. That's a sneaky. That's a good baseball pickup. It's not. It's not fantasy. Yeah. Fantasy, fan, bleh, fantasy baseball. That's a good baseball pickup. Um, but yeah, man, the Yankees. Bleh, as I, I hate to say it, but the Yankees absolutely destroyed this trade deadline. Yeah, I, I mean, I, going back to the Melky pickup. Yeah, Gordon. Gordon's obviously a plus defender, but. He's been atrocious offensively this year. And, and, you know, Kane Kane even hasn't been very good. I mean, he's had some streaks where he's been good, but overall he's kind of down from where he usually is too. So I definitely like Mm -hmm. the move for Kansas City. I think it's a nice little boost for him. And, you know, you're you're hurting your division rival by taking their guy. But obviously we've seen – that the White Sox just have zero S to give at this point because they're in complete rebuild mode. So, um, and they are rebuilding fantastically. Let me say, yeah, <laughs> they are doing yeah. a hell of a job. They have so many prospects and so many good young players. It's ridiculous. They're going to be awesome. In like, well, and that's just it. And they could just lift some of these prospects too. Like if they don't feel like they're panning out the way that they want them to, they're just going to flip them to somebody who still has the faith in them. And then they're going to get, you know, solid players back. So they, they've been doing a very good job um, yep. rebuilding. I agree with that. Um, so then the next, the next couple things, I just a couple guys I wrote down here is bullpen, bullpen, and more bullpen. Uh, we've and got, bullpen. Yeah. yeah, exactly, dude. It was all bullpen this time. It's crazy. <laughs> so we, we already talked about the two guys going to, to the Yankees in uh, Robertson and uh, Canale, Canale, um, Liriano, comes from Toronto to Houston. Um, Justin Wilson, closer, former setup guy from Detroit, is now going to the Cubs along with Alex Avila, but who cares? Uh, he's he's fallen off, and he's not going to be their everyday catcher. I mean, the last three weeks, really, he's he's been like a every other or or every other other day catcher for Detroit. Um, so Wilson is definitely the, the get for that. Um, you know, the Cubs have a lot of guys in the bullpen, but Wilson is a, is a known commodity. Um, and now he adds the closing experience as well. So that was a nice pickup Washington, man. I I mean, all they've been doing is stockpiling 
relief pitchers the, this, this trade to. deadline. <laughs> I mean, they, they snagged both Doolittle and Madsen from, from Oakland a week, week and a half ago. And now they added Brandon Kinsler from Minnesota, took, took their closer. Uh, I mean, I know their closing role has been in flux basically all season. Uh, and now they have three guys with, you know, a, a good amount of closing experience coming their way so it, it will be interesting to see who comes out on top um, with that role now that Kinsler's there as well uh, a couple of New York Met moves they get rid of Addison Reed and send him off to Boston and then they uh, pluck AJ Ramos from their division rival in Miami uh, to, to fill in for Reed now they do obviously still have Familia but he's out till who knows. So um, I, I like that move for them, I guess. I feel like Ra- Ramos is definitely a, an upgrade over Reed, although Reed has been pretty good this year um, mm-hmm. filling in. So, uh, but for him going to Boston, you know, obviously with Kimbrell there, he's going to be uh, more of a setup guy. Um, and then the last guy I had here who I, basically, you know, pinned as a definite moving part was Pat Neshek from Philly to Colorado. And I believe that trade happened last week on our podcast day. Um, it may have been right as I was talking about it or right after I talked about it. Cause I noticed that the next day I was like, Oh, okay, well, never mind, He's already gone. So um, I, I think the move to Colorado Obviously, it's a better team, um, but there's obviously the factor of pitching in Colorado as well. So we'll see how that works against him. But but Nishak has been he's been phenomenal this year. So that's a that's a very good get for for Colorado uh, to shore up, you know, their setup role in front of uh, in front of Holland. Yeah, it, it was a, it was a good move. I mean, it it, it hurts him fantasy wise. I mean, was he? I don't know. Was he finally getting saves? Is that what the deal was? No, no. So it doesn't he pretty really much. Then. I thought he eventually was getting opportunities, but I guess they never ever gave it to him. Um, no, I think they they he may have had a couple here and there if if one of the other guys was you know had pitched the past couple of days or whatever. But I feel like that's probably few and far between with Philly. <laughs> um, so he he was more of a more of the setup guy and and like a seven eighth inning guy instead of the ninth. So yeah, it, it, so I'm I'm looking at all these moves and you know you didn't you didn't see any closers or any setup guys move to teams to become the closer. Like in years past, we have seen that. Um, this year we did not see that. Um, you saw guys like Justin Wilson moving to the Cubs, and so he's going to be the setup guy to Wade Davis. So he loses like all that fantasy value because of it. And then you got you know so so the guys that own people like Wilson and Kinsler and Reed and Ramos like now they are scrambling left to find closers. And so yeah. you can't just automatically go to the guy's backup, but you, you know, you're kind of almost forced to do that because they're the only people available. But honestly, the guy in 
Miami. I can't even think of their name right now. Like he's just Eric Hall, maybe. Not, it's not. I mean, this is. It's not even worth looking at there. I don't think the only guy, honestly, that I even was remotely interested in, and I picked him up in in my dynasty league was Shane Green for Detroit. Um, you know, he's been pitching well this year. He's already got a save this week. You know, he was the only guy that I kind of was like, yeah, all right, I'll go after him. Um, you know, a, a lot of people thought that like. Brad Hand was going to be on the move, but, you know, if he moved from San Diego, he was going to get, you know, I don't think he was going to be a a, a closer. Um, you know, obviously, Doolittle Madsen got closer stuff, but, I mean, this is like, this has committee written all over it, also because it's Dusty Baker, and he's an idiot when it comes to his bullpen, so who knows what he's really going to do. Um, I, I, I guess... I, I'm a little surprised and almost kind of disappointed that the Orioles didn't get rid of one of their guys. Cause I kind of think that either Brock or Britain could have moved to another team and been their closer. And that would have been, you know, good value for the both of them. And the Orioles obviously need something back in return. They need starting pitching prospects, something in return because our pitching is atrocious. Although I'm watching right now and, as much as I bash the Jeremy Hellickson trade, he shut out the Royals so far through seven, which is yep. something. I'm like, what is happening? So, of course, now making him look like an a-hole for the second time this week, um, Hellickson and Donaldson have done a good job. So Yeah. Well, and that's the other thing, too. They, they threw up a stat before, because uh, I had ESPN on, earlier and then the Boston Cleveland game was, was delayed. So they flipped over to the Masson broadcast for those. And they had a stat up on Hellickson and it was like, if he had his regular four days of rest, what was his, you know, ERA record, whatever. And then the same stats for five plus days of rest. I mean, dude, this guy hasn't pitched since July 22nd. That's absurd. Wow. I mean, it, it, because Philly knew that he was going to be on the move and they just kept pushing his starts, pushing his starts. And I, I think the way their schedule worked out too, they, they didn't need to have him. Plus they got, you know, Velazquez back in the fold uh, off of the DL, I believe. So that kind of changed things around a little bit, but his stats for, like five plus days of rest were were complete opposite of what his his regular four day rest was. I can't remember what they are off the top of my head now, but he was like undefeated. He had a ridiculously low ERA. It might have been in the ones. Uh, his WHIP might have been right around one uh, or, or slightly over still, but he he was now, great. Now is that just this season, or is it? Or was that? Yeah, like his yeah, it's career? just just from this season. Um, so it was it was crazy to see that because I I mean, and we've owned Hellickson, so you know we probably just were looking at okay, well he's having a, a good couple of games, oh now he's having a streak of really bad games, let's dump him, and you you lose him and you don't pay attention to it anymore. But yeah, man, he's he's pitching really well again tonight. I mean, shit, he's been off for two weeks. He, he should be. 
Uh, sometimes that hurts people because you know they're rusty and you know just whatever. But yeah, I mean whatever, man. If, if it works for them, it works for them. I just I don't know. I still don't love the move. I still don't really know why they bought. I didn't really enjoy getting rid of uh, to Kim. Although the O's clearly were not giving this guy a chance. So no, they they, they weren't. I really didn't like the fact that we gave up a pitching prospect. That yeah, he was like buried in the organizational depth chart, but you never know with these guys. Um, they you know something clicks with them, they become studs. Uh, and the international signing bonus, we don't use it, and I don't know why we need to. I mean, go try and just throw some money at it and see what happens. I don't know. But well, yeah, I mean, you don't have anything to lose and now that you've really. gained these spots, go use them. Like what what are you doing? Yeah, I don't know. And then we and then they signed Tim, they traded for Tim Beckham. Um again, I don't think they gave up anything that was like, "Oh my gosh, but I don't know, like I don't, I don't know why we're going out and picking up pieces." I mean, the Tim Beckham thing almost makes makes more sense than Hellickson from a standpoint that clearly we're moving on from Hardy and we need somebody. And I think Hellickson well, yeah. Beckham and, is under team control through next year at least. So that's, yeah, he, there's that. He's definitely a controlled player. Uh, I mean, and he's he's got he's good okay. peripherals and good good you know ability and and potential but he just never has come into it um yet i think he was with what the white Sox before tampa bay i believe and then yeah he's just not he never really no i'm thinking of gordon beckham sorry um i think it's a good move though i mean i i do like it i think that we we need something i mean i love jj hardy but he's always injured now and, and it's a shame because he, he can't get into a good rhythm um, because of these injuries and, and not being on the field. So I guess they, they are trying to move on from him and, and I can't remember if this is his last year on his deal or not. He might have one more year on it, but if not, uh, then, then... I want to, I want to say this is Hardy's last year. Yeah, um, but I'm not 100 percent sure either. But I mean, yeah, it's 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 sad to say, but I think this is going to be. He's got one more year of 14 million dollars. Wow. Um, yeah, you're gonna be paid 14 million dollars. Do a whole lot of nothing, buddy. Because yeah, it's just. I mean, even when he's out there, he's just not. He's not getting it done. So. It's sad because he was, you know, he was a he's a fan favorite. If you've ever been to Oriole Park, anybody listening, you know, he gets his, he comes up to bat, the PA announcer. It, it's the whole crowd chimes in with it. It's it's pretty awesome. So, yeah. uh, but anyway, we have we've probably droned on too long here on that. But yeah, good trade deadline. Not a ton of like blockbuster moves, but you know, and I don't think we honestly saw. We didn't see some people move that we thought would get moved, but um, you know we got the surprise with you Darvish and stuff like that. So there was there was a little bit of everything. 
Um, so it was good. Just not a huge fan. I just don't think a lot of, a lot of impact from fantasy except for the bullpen area. That's where the biggest impact was this year. Everybody's scrambling yeah. to find their closers again. But, yep. All right. Same thing well, that is year. it. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? So that is it for the show. Next week, we've got Alex Hamrick on to help us cover the tight end position. And um, we will be back next week, same time, same place. See you all later. All right. Good night. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.